This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and on this, the second episode of the ContraZoom podcast going over the Best Picture nominees, I'll once again dissect the chances that different Best Picture nominees have in their odds for winning their respective categories, especially the Best Picture one. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about Hidden Figures and La La Land. So, we have Hidden Figures, which only has three nominations this year. Best Picture... Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Octavia Spencer, and Best Adapted Screenplay by Alison Schroeder and Theodore Melfi, Melfi being the director as well. Here you have a very interesting set of nominations where all three of them are major ones, yet it has the least amount of nominations out of any of the Best Picture nominees. So right away you have to wonder... Do they stand a chance? How are they going to do? Things like that. The fact that they don't have a corresponding best director, and also surprisingly enough, not a best editing, the two biggest precursors to being a real contender for best picture, it would be an easy write-off, wouldn't it? And then a funny thing happened. Uh, just this last week, the SAG Awards happened, the Screen Actors Guild, and Best Ensemble Cast went to Hidden Figures, which almost always is a precursor for Best Picture win as well, which is pretty shocking that this little film could could take on and overtake the other movie we're going to discuss later, La La Land, which seemed to be the predestined favorite right from the get-go. So what does this mean for Hidden Figures? It means that instead of Moonlight being really the biggest competition for La La Land, you now have Hidden Figures also up there for La La Land to compete against. And then we can't even discount Manchester by the Sea either. So really, at this point, you know, right after the nominations came out with a record tying 14 for La La Land and a whole week going by and going, yeah, they're the one to beat. They're going to probably sweep a whole bunch of things. Now, all of a sudden, we have hidden figures up here, which really makes you wonder, is this maybe more of a, I don't want to say a manufactured race, but uh, is are we gain the perception of a more nuanced race for the best picture win now, which is going to be really difficult to see. And it's going to be really interesting to follow along this award season to see if maybe uh, hidden figures can pull off an Argo and win uh, a best picture without a best director nomination at all, let alone being able to take both of them at the same time. Um, in recent years, I have personally been of the advocate that Best Picture and Best Director should not always be one and the same because I think they do very different things. Um, but and it, and and you know, it actually seemed like for a while, the recent years, we've had more of them in the last five years where they're not the same than we probably have in, in the rest of the history of the Oscars, uh, which I quite I'm quite a fan of. Um, but yeah, it's such a tough thing to say. If Hidden Figures can pull this off, then you know, maybe like I was saying, uh, Damien Giselle is really the best director, but is La La Land the best picture? Who knows? Um, so, man, I'm talking about hidden figures, and I can't keep talking, bringing up La La Land, and I'm talking about that later. So I'll try to avoid that. Uh, we also have Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role for Octavia Spencer. Um, Octavia Spencer was a 
bit of a, a bit of a surprise win when she won for the help a few years back. But what was obviously a very deserving win, you wonder if maybe they would give it to here, here for her as well, because in a nutshell, the movies are a little bit similar where they both tackle the issue of race in a bit of a not necessarily lighthearted way, but there are more comedic flourishes to the struggle that people of color faced uh, in the 50s and 60s uh, in both the help and hidden figures, both going about it very different ways, obviously. Personally, for my money, I think Naomi Harris is the one to beat in this category, uh, right up there with Michelle Williams. The two of them, Michelle Williams definitely has a very great track record, uh, and Naomi Harris put in a fantastic performance as the mother in Moonlight, who is the only actor to appear in all three portions of Moonlight's film. Uh, Viola Davis also is a strong contender. Um, I don't think Fences will maybe have enough support going behind it. And if anyone were to make a move, it would be Denzel Washington's performance in that film, not necessarily Viola Davis's. And then lastly, we have Best Adapted Screenplay. This, I think, the screenplay for this was pretty fantastic. It was very, very well done, very lighthearted at times, but also hit the dramatic moments very beautifully in a way that really is touching and, and is uh, can strike a nerve uh, very easily. But this is probably one of the more stacked categories going up against Arrival, which might get the consolation prize for not coming close to winning Best Picture. Uh, the Fences screenplay, which is based on a celebrated play. Uh, then you have Lion and Moonlight. Moonlight, easily one of my favorites of the year. So it's, it's such a tough competition. I would say Hidden Figures does not push the boundaries enough to really be considered a front runner for adapted screenplay. I would most likely say Moonlight or Arrival are the two to really beat in here, um, especially if La La Land does end up winning Best Picture because the screenplays, as I've mentioned before, are usually seen as a consolation prize for movies that are a little bit more daring, experimental pushing the boundaries, things like that. And with what Arrival was doing for science fiction and what with Moonlight was doing for uh, breaking up the story of this young boy's life and dealing with struggle, I think we're both extraordinary. So, we talked about hidden figures, and now it's time to talk about the beast in the room, otherwise known as La La Land, which tied a record for 14 nominations. 14, absolutely ridiculous, tying it with Titanic and All About Eve, two massive, massive films. And and personally, I never thought that we would ever see something like this again, where uh, a movie would so dominate the categories. The last time this happened was Lord of the Rings Return of the King, and then it ended up winning basically everything, but that was much more because of the previous two installments. It was basically seen as a Lifetime Achievement Award, so everything it was nominated for, it won, which I believe was 12 that year. I thought we were done with the days where a movie would hit all the notes and 
end up getting nominated in basically every single category. Uh, but hey, I was wrong, and here they are. Are they going to be something like Gangs of New York, which uh, was one of the most nominated film? It was the most nominated film of the year. I think it had ten or eleven nominations and went home empty-handed. Absolutely not. There is no way this movie is going home empty-handed. Uh, I'll go through the nominations right now. It's got Best Picture, Best Actor for Ryan Gosling, Best Actress for Emma Stone, Best Director for Damien Chazelle, Best Original Screenplay for Chazelle, uh, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Original Score, Best Original Song for Audition, The Fools Who Dream, and for City of Stars. They've got two in the same category. Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing. That's a lot. That really is a lot. They really seem to hit the mark in just about every category that it possibly could. You know, the only thing that they're missing is animated feature and documentary short, practically. But besides the point, Best Picture of the Year, 14 nominations. Frontrunners usually are the frontrunners for the reason. And at this point, I think... If you were a betting person, putting money on La La Land would probably be the smartest thing to do. Do I think in the end that might actually happen? I don't know. As I mentioned, Hidden Figures with the SAG win is really showing to be a, an underdog. I think Arrival still has a shot. Uh, and then Moonlight, which you absolutely cannot discount Moonlight uh, because it seems to be getting quite a bit of love as well. So... Between those four, it really seems to be a four-person race at this time. Four-film race, I guess, not person. Um, but for now, I would say La La Land is the front runner and should be considered that way for the next little while. Best actor, Ryan Gosling. <sighs> I like this movie. I didn't love it. I think Ryan Gosling was all right, not fantastic. So I do not think this is his award to win. The only... You know, part, part, I'll, I'll probably end up re repeating myself a few times here, but unless it goes full Return of the King and sweeps basically every award it's nominated for, I think there's only a handful that it's actually going to win. And I do not think Ryan Gosling will win unless he, they win every single other award as well. And I think the same thing will go for Emma Stone. Ryan Gosling's biggest competition is easily Casey Affleck. It really is the Casey Affleck award to lose at this point, um, with Ryan Gosling probably a distant second and Denzel Washington a much more distant third, even though Denzel did just beat out Casey Affleck for the SAG award. And then as far as the actress roles go, um, maybe it is Emma Stone's to win. I don't know. Uh, Natalie Portman has been getting a ton of love. Uh, I am personally a big fan of Ruth Nega and loving, although I do not think she'll end up winning. It's the film's only nomination. And that's such a shame. Isabel Huppert for Elle. It might be tough because it's, uh, it's not a film that's been getting a ton of buzz in Hollywood because it is a French film. Uh, and if Emmanuel Riva did not win for Amour, which she definitely should have, I don't know if Huppert will win for this. And then you have Meryl Street for Florence Foster Jenkins. I do not see a, a way where Meryl will win this at all. So you know what? This really is a competition between Emma Stone and Natalie Portman. And right now it can kind of be a coin flip. If, if La La Land ends up winning a bunch, she'll probably win. If they win maybe a little bit less than uh, what others are expecting, I can easily see Natalie Portman swooping in and winning this as well. Then you have Best Director, Damien Chazelle. I 
have mentioned this in the last episode, I personally think that Damien Giselle can win Best Director in the film, not win Best Picture. The reason is, I think Giselle was so in charge of the craft and everything that was going on and put his unique spin on a musical, as we saw in Whiplash a few years ago, that his stamp is all over this movie from... You know, because of the rest of the, the rest of the categories, the cinematography, the editing, the production design, the costume design, the score, all of that works so well together. And he handled that with such grace that I would not be shocked if Giselle wins best director and someone else wins best picture. And then we go down to the screenplay where I think the screenplay is actually probably the weakest part of this movie in general. Um, it dragged a little bit in the middle. It was a little expected for the most part. You know, the ending was nice and really reminded me of something like an American in Paris, the old Gene Kelly movie. If, uh, if you ever listened to the older episodes of ContraZoom where Andreas and I broke down all the previous best picture winners, we went in depth about an American in Paris, both of us absolutely loving that movie, especially me, considering I'm not a big musical guy. Um, I appreciated the ending, what was going on for La La Land. Um, but the screenplay, easily its weakest part. This is going to be a win for them if they sweep everything else. Otherwise, Manchester by the sea could possibly come in. I would love it if the lobster won because that was such a daring and original take on love, relationships, marriage, grief, and a whole bunch of other things while making it a deeply black comedy satire, but also almost a horror movie as well. Hell or High Water is my favorite movie of 2016, so I would personally love it if they ended up winning this category. Um, but I have to wonder if maybe it will. It might be a bit of a consolation prize for the best picture, but I doubt it. it it's probably going to end up coming down to La La Land, The Lobster, and Manchester by the Sea, with, uh, with La La Land and Manchester probably being the two most likely ones. Cinematography. This, this movie was absolutely gorgeous to look at. It reminded me quite a bit at times of West Side Story, uh, the way it was shot, the way it was handled, uh, the way it was lit, everything like that. And then there's this fantastic scene, um, midway through the movie when Sebastian is playing in the little jazz club and uh, he finally got uh, Emma Stone's character to fall in love with jazz and then there's this shot that goes back and forth and the camera swings from Emma Stone dancing to Ryan Gosling furiously playing the piano back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I actually thought that was done through editing. That was not. That was all done in camera live. And the fact that they managed to pull that off with it being so clean and always in focus was absolutely stunning and easily one of the highlights of the film. Um, there's quite a few moments like that, but that's, that's definitely the big Oscar moment that might actually make it win it. Uh, as far as its competition goes, <sighs> cinematography this year, I think is really, really strong. Um, 
You've got Scorsese's Silence, which is its only nomination, which is gorgeously shot in ancient Japan, and then Moonlight, the way all the the dark colors and the, and the moonlight reflecting, and then just gorgeously shot against the actors, the three the three men, the three males, I guess, because they're not all men. Some are young boys uh, that played the main character, Chiron, uh, and then Arrival as well, which definitely had a really unique aesthetic. Uh, I think this is La La Land's award to lose they're definitely the front runners here with uh moonlight and possibly a rival being the uh the close runners up you know it's sometimes hard to separate cinematography from editing because you really don't notice editing if it's done well and and this film really handles its editing well um much like the cinematography. So it's kind of hard to talk too much more in depth about it because it's just so seamless with the way they transition, you know, putting the two together, there's mood lighting throughout it and the way that they, they shoot it and edit it together. was just gorgeous. Um, so while I'm not a fan of the story and the acting overall, it's technical components. I think we're stunning. Um, this is a tough one. Maybe it's Moonlight weaving the three stories together, uh, being able to keep the pace and things like that. Uh, or maybe it's Hell or High Water, you know, having that slow burner tension. I don't think Hacksaw Ridge will, will probably be a, a winner for this. Arrival, maybe, who knows. But it's probably La La Land with Moonlight being a very close second. This is one that might go to Moonlight just because of the way they did the three stories put together. Then we've got production design, which is the actual sets and things like that. And everything in this was color-coded. Um, everything was central to the music, and they definitely set it up that way. And and I think its production design was was probably one of its strongest things. I really loved Hail Caesar this year, one of my favorite movies of this year, and I'm disappointed that it only got the one nomination in this category. But the fact that they're able to build these old Hollywood movie sets and then shoot them like they were real sets and then pull back to show that they were just sets on a set blew my mind. Amazing. So I I would love a Hail Caesar win. Arrival was pretty minimalistic as far as what we'd be looking at as far as the the alien spaceship goes, but it was done gorgeously well. You know, then you also have Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Passengers, both more of the magical type of movies, one more magical than others, um, both in content and execution. Uh, I do not think either of them really stand a chance. Um, this might be a, a surprise Hail Caesar win. I would like that, but it's probably most likely going to be a La La Land win and probably one of its easier ones. Costume design, much like the production and the lighting, everything in this costume department was color-coded. You know, you have the early scene where Emma Stone and her three other roommates are going out in, uh, to a party, and they're all wearing different color-coded dresses, green and blue and yellow and red, and them just flowing in the streets. It was just so perfectly. Uh, and that that's definitely a theme that goes through the entire movie, looking like that. Um, and so that might be one of its reasons to make it a front runner then you have allied which basically the only good thing that came out of it were the costumes where it was basically the movie to make marion cotillard and brad pitt look really good which 
frankly, isn't that difficult. So maybe they don't deserve it that much. And then you have Jackie, which definitely was getting a lot of love specifically for its costumes. Uh, Natalie Portman playing, uh, Jackie Kennedy. You know, the poster is the famous pink suit. So it's kind of hard to go against it when they capture it so well. This is luxury designer clothes tailored perfectly on all the actors to make them all look fantastic. Uh, this is probably going to be a La La Land win. If they don't win stuff like this, um, category, it probably is a, a signal that they're not going to win best picture. So at this point, you know, counted as a win, it's tough to say much else. Maybe Allied sneaks in with a win or Jackie, but tough to say. Original score. This movie is a movie about music. Music permeates its soul. It is everywhere. There is always music going on. And its main song, which we're going to talk about a bit later, City of Stars, is really a big part of the score where you hear iterations of it throughout it. You know, sometimes it'll just be a few notes, sometimes it'll be in a different key, things like that, where I think the music is absolutely stunning. There is not a chance that this does not walk away with the original score uh, win. You know, Jackie got plenty of love, uh, so has Moonlight. Um, but you know, this is, this is not La La Land Salouz. This is, you know, uh, some miracle waiting to happen to change the fortune of another film because there is no way that La La Land is not winning this. And then we go next into the original songs. There are two City of Stars and Audition, The Fools Who Dream. Everyone assumed it was a lock that City of Stars would get a nomination, so it's a little surprising that they actually managed to get two, that they did not split the votes enough. But is that worrisome for it to take away? I don't think so. I don't think anyone that listens to both City of Stars and Audition can go, ooh, this is really tough. I think maybe Audition will get the vote. If anything, for people that want to vote for La La Land, I'm sure it will be 90, 95% of the people voting for City of Stars and very few people voting for Audition, The Fools Who Dream. As far as what it's up against, really the only competition I would say is how far I'll go from Moana, which is the Lin-Manuel Miranda song, um which is basically him going for the EGOT, which for anyone doesn't know is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Can Manuel do it? Lin-Manuel Miranda do it? Uh, potentially. That's really the only one that I think has a chance because Can't Stop the Feeling by Trolls will not win. I can guarantee you that. Uh, so it's basically down to City of Stars or How Far I'll Go. And uh, I, I've... I think it's impossible for how far I'll go to pull off the upset for City of Stars. It's really La La Land's award as well. Now we've got sound mixing and sound editing. You know, usually these categories go to the most sound effects, things like that. So you often see war movies or action films ending up winning this category, these categories, both of them. They don't always go hand in hand, but for the most part, they do. Um, And I think this year, you know, I've talked about before, the only ones that have nominations in both are Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, and La La Land which makes them the only real contenders for these movies. Hacksaw Ridge definitely has the element of war movie, so there are lots of sound effects going on. 
So I would think that they're probably up there in the front, but also La La Land, if it's going to start sweeping everything, these are two little categories that are definitely going to be given to them as basically uh we love you so much sort of thing. Um So yeah, it's going to likely be La La Land or Hacksaw Ridge. I have a hard time believing Arrival would be able to sneak one in, but I don't know. It's a little tough this year, you know, La La Land with its 14 nominations, you want to just say, let's anoint it for everything. But at the end of the day, can we really? I don't know. So let me know what you think. Is Hidden Figures going to win? Pull off an upset? Is La La Land going to sweep everything? How are they going to do? Make sure you check out liveandlimbo.com where the show notes are going to be listed. All the nominations are going to be there, including links to my written Oscar primer that came out earlier this week and last week's ContraZoom episode as well. Uh, make sure you follow me at DGAPA uh, and follow along. Let me know who uh, who you're predicting to win. Thanks so much for listening.